everybody, this is Jim. And Jeremy. And we are on show number 39. And we had a little delay in recording the podcast tonight because Jeremy broke his ass. Yes, I did. True story. And we won't go into it, but Jeremy couldn't sit or drive. But he's here. Or do anything, really, other than lay down. <laughs> yeah. So I want to give a little warning. Um, this podcast will be explicit, but you'll see the little E. Okay. So, Jeremy, you can drop the F-bomb if you want. Oh, we could do that anyway. Awesome. Especially when we get into... Well, let me tell you what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get into um, a memoriam for... We've got four music people. We had three. We were going to record last week, but someone else passed away. And we're going to talk about the new U2 album. Not really new material. Uh, we're going to go into Rolling Stone's top 10 albums versus Paste Magazine's top 10 albums. And then the main topic is Album Roulette, which we do every year. And that's where we pick three albums randomly. And it's always so much fun. Yeah, because sometimes you get a good one. Maybe you haven't heard, but I don't know. Sometimes. My three are the one I kind of liked. You know, we'll, but we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before we get into that, we're testing out some beers Ooh, here. I love this part of the show. And uh, this is from a brewery called Duclaw, D U C L A W, from Maryland. And uh, this is Misfit Red. We're going to, this is American Red Ale, okay. only 5%. So we're going to crack that open here. And because of time restraints, um, this is not going to be edited too much. So like I always say, you'll hear us say, um, and ah, Never. and ooh, <laughs> and uh, 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 where are my notes? Like. <laughs> and like. Oops. Did you see what I just did? No. I tried right. to put the can in the flight bottle spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have these little boards here with the... The flight glasses. Cheers. Cheers. Thank okay. you. Radio silence. It's tasty. Yeah, that's a good one. Not too strong, not hoppy. Mm-hmm. Pleasant. Smooth. Misfit red. Red ale. Okay, so this is what's amazing. We it started out this year not on a good note. Not at no all. pun intended, but uh uh, within, I think within nine days, four pretty big or once big uh, music people passed away. Mm-hmm. And we'll start with um, Jeff Beck. Um, he was 78. That was kind of, it's kind of a shock. I mean, he was 78, but he had just toured with J- Johnny Depp. He's been touring with him last year. And, uh, he died of bacterial meningitis, so that was kind of sudden. That, yeah, that's what made it such a shock because, you know, like you said, he was 78, but he didn't have health problems. Hold on a minute. Wait, hold on a minute. Your mic is not... Why is your mic really low? I don't know. Why is it low? I'm talking right into it. Okay, we had to pause a little bit. Because I <laughs> really Jeremy's mic wasn't on. So <laughs> the beginning, you know, Jeremy's going to sound like he was in the back of the room. So 
Yeah, speak, Jeremy. Let me hear you. Can you hear me? Do I sound good? Yeah, you're good. My now. beer still tastes good. I okay. don't know if you heard that earlier, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were talking about Jeff Beck. Uh, now I wasn't a big Jeff Beck fan. I what I heard I liked. You know, he's a great guitarist, mm -hmm. but I never owned any Jeff Beck albums. Uh, I did see Jeff Beck. B.B. Uh, King used to do a blues festival and he would have, you know, other people open up before he, he would end the shows and they were usually outdoor summer. Mm -hmm. So the one I saw was Jeff Beck and Galactic, the band Galactic. Yep. I don't remember much about Jeff Beck uh, from the show, but. Okay. But I can tell you, uh, there's a couple albums if, if. Like me, if you don't know too much about him, I would say there's a his first album. Of course, he was in the Yardbirds. Uh, he was in, uh, you know, Eric Clapton was in the Yardbirds, and then uh, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck. They were actually in the band together at one point. Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck. And Jimmy Page played bass, believe it or not. Wow. When they started. That's cool. So the first, Jeff Beck's first solo album, you need to listen to. It's called Truth. It's from 1968. And it, Rod Stewart is singing some of the songs. I did not know that. It's, um, Jimmy Page plays on one song, John Paul Jones. And uh, Keith Moon, believe it or not, plays drums on one song. From The Who, right? Yeah, and Ron Wood is playing bass, I think, on all the songs from the Rolling Stones. So you got a, and it's 1968. Yeah, you got like an all-star band together. And then there's an album called Blow by Blow from 1975, which is fusion. Um, and check out Air Blower. That's a, that's a really good. <laughs> I like that name of that song. <laughs> but he's got he's got a pretty good list of albums that he put out. One album I. Actually, one album I did listen to recently was the <laughs> Jeff Beck, Johnny Depp, and it's not that good. No. No. I love Johnny Depp, but no, I can't give him props on that. And you it, know what? It's sad, but Johnny Depp was about to learn his fifth chord from Jeff Beck <laughs> before he died. He only knows four. Yeah. Okay. You know, the toughest thing about Jeff Beck, um, his passing, for me, I didn't realize how long he's been around and how long mm -hmm. he's been putting music out there. I knew who Jeff Beck was. Yeah. You know, I always loved the guitar. So I love guitarists and his name is, you know, notorious yeah. with guitar, but I didn't realize, you know, going back even as far as the sixties, I would have thought maybe the seventies, eighties, nineties, but I would have never thought. Well, I knew the yard birds. So, and, uh, because of Jimmy page. Right. But Jeff Beck was, I don't remember ever seeing him being interviewed, you know, or on like Saturday Night Live or no. Tonight Show or anything like that. No. You know, he kind of kept to himself. And it was, I don't know if you heard it earlier before our little technical difficulty, but to me it was a shock because though he was 78, he didn't have a lot of reported health problems or anything. No, no he looked like he to, was in... To lead you to believe that that would happen, it was a bacterial disease ultimately which mm -hmm. it was very sudden and very shocking yeah so and the next one uh 
Robbie Bachman. He is the drummer for Bachman Turner Overdrive. I don't know too much about him. He was 69. And, um, <laughs> 69. <laughs> but if you don't know the name, B, or they call it BTO, yep. uh, Roll On Down the Highway and You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. I love that song. Yep. So, uh, drummer for BTO. Uh, another shocker was Lisa Marie Presley. Mm hmm. It's only 54. You actually texted me this, and this was one of the nights I was in a lot of pain. Uh I fell asleep early, so I felt bad. I didn't even respond for a while. Yeah. And I knew you were hurting on this one, so I apologize for not getting back to you sooner. But I'm, as I've said many times, I'm a big Elvis fan. My mom loved Elvis, and uh, so I I follow, you know, I was around his... um, Elvis's birthday, January 8th, and I saw the video Lisa at Graceland, and then she was at uh, the Golden Globes, uh, you know, in support of Austin Butler, who played Elvis, and, and if you haven't seen the Elvis movie, I just watched it again. It's a great movie. I have not seen it yet. If you can get past that, he doesn't look exactly like Elvis. Right. You know. Um, there's one scene in the movie where they show... They only show briefly when Elvis was making movies, and it's probably a scene from the movie, but I think they superimpose Austin Butler's face on Elvis, because mm. it looks a little different. <laughs> so I thought that was weird. Lisa Marie Presley, I actually met, and uh, it was in 2013, almost 10 years ago, and she had put out an album called Storm and Grace. So she was doing a tour... And she played at Sellersville Theater that seats 300 people. There you go. My friend and I, we, we uh, got to, there was only 20 meet and greets. And I got in there that, like that day. It was 100 bucks, included the tickets. We got to see the sound check. And I got to get a picture with Lisa. We're both not smi- <laughs> smiling in the picture. But, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I found my CD because I... Jeremy and I both collect autographs, so this is pretty oh, cool. Oh, very cool, yeah. And uh, Nice we, signature, too. <laughs> yeah. And I have, a, I have a photo that went with this. I have to find it. I think it's an 8x10 that's signed. Okay. And it, she didn't sign it in front of me, but uh, we, got, we got like a pick. I think we got a bag. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we got so, like a goodie bag of stuff. Um, you know, it was interesting. When you first texted me... It was the news that she had gone into cardiac arrest, maybe? Yeah, she had been taken to the hospital. Yeah, and, you know, you see that, and of course you get cautious, or, you know, Mm -hmm. your your ears pop, perk up in a sense, waiting for the news of what's next. But I think there has been a lot of talk about that Buffalo Bills player, the Hamlin, who had a similar situation Mm -hmm. where he needed CPR on the field and he was revived and okay, I get it. He's younger, but she wasn't that old. She was only in her, you know, young to mid fifties. So I have the feeling they found her. Yeah. Unresponsive. Who knows how long she had been laying there. Right. And cause they said they weren't releasing all the information. Mm -hmm. So you hope she'd pull through, but you didn't really know exactly. Right. You knew she had a heart attack and they had to revive her. But she obviously had been gone for a while, and then she had another heart attack, I guess, in the hospital. Right. And I think I'm very guilty of, you know, 
kind of trusting my intuition that she was going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you'd hear that initial news mm-hmm. and then hear that she got through it. So when I saw your follow-up text, I didn't see it until later in the night, I think it was, or early, yeah. early, early in the morning because I was struggling with my pain. And she but didn't was, look too good. Yeah, um, I was shocked at the pictures and the news and just And I think she's been in. spiraling into depression since her son died a couple yes. years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't know what medications she might have been on and that might have weakened her heart. We don't know. Right. So, so that was a sad one. And David Crosby, this is actually yesterday, passed away. He was 81. And they said he had some health problems, but I heard an interview or part of an interview, I want to say it was a couple months ago, and they were asking him if he was going to tour again, and he said no. But he had some, I don't know if he had um, tinnitus, um, tinnitus they call it. Mm -hmm. He had some things going on where he wasn't going to tour, but um, yeah, I haven't heard, we haven't heard from him in a while. No. And once again, not to put David Crosby down or anything, but I, I was never a big uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan. I say that, but Our House, that song, I love. I love that that song, too. But I really didn't. And I then, never got into them. And then I love know? the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, yeah. um, Ohio, which okay. was a very historic meaning Mm-hmm. powerful song okay so there's a couple of songs that one always right. stood out to me too <laughs> i mean i base it on what albums i owned when i was younger even al- albums that i listen to now and i always figure if if i doesn't mean i i i hate a band but if i if it wasn't in my album collection or, or now i probably don't like there's probably not much there that i well, that I'll listen to. And to be fair, and I can relate to this in a lot of aspects, different time. It, everything wasn't digital. You couldn't just mm-hmm. download every Crosby, Stills, and Nash album. Oh, yeah. Or every, you know. Yeah, thing. you had to pick a band or two that you, like mine was Led Zeppelin. I had every Led Zeppelin album. Right. I was uh, a big ACDC fan as a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. The, you had your go-to bands. And then maybe you branched out and you got a popular album that you heard all over the radio because you wanted to hear some of the other songs that were on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, today you could look up Crosby, Stills and Nash right, right now and find every song they've ever made. Yeah. And it's, you know, snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. Done. It wasn't like that back in the day. So you've probably heard Crosby, Stills and Nash on the radio at some point. Yeah. It, they may not have had the biggest Any hits classic in the world, rock but station, absolutely. you're going to hear them. Absolutely. Southern Cross, you're going to hear. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and I don't think we should disparage uh, streaming music because I remember, you know, when you couldn't stream music, you'd hear a song on the radio and be like, oh, I really liked it. And then you get the album and that might be the only only good song, song like. on the album absolutely and you just wasted i don't know what albums were back then. 20 bucks give or take no when, well when i was a kid they were <laughs> like eight bucks or something okay yeah cds when i first started buying cds were like 20 bucks and you got the wall lifetime well, albums now sticker. are like 20 bucks yeah so so i wanted to talk about um we love you too 
Absolutely. And we've been waiting for a new album. We have to go if they tour, because I've never yeah. seen them. And they're on my bucket list. And I know you would appreciate the concert. I don't know too many people who yeah. would. So we would have to go to that one. Yeah, I don't think... I'm going to say U2 is going to tour when they put out the next studio album. Because uh, Bono's doing his book tour. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Songs of Surrender. Or Surrender. This album is Songs of Surrender. Now, I was confused because when U2 announced they were going to do three albums in a row, um, there's what? Songs of Innocence, Songs of Experience. I thought this Songs of Surrender, they were copping out with making that the third album, but they aren't. I was mistaken. The third album is Songs of Ascent, Mm. which I have this article from Vulture website i guess i'd say it's an online magazine music magazine um actually it says bono revealed in an interview with the new york times that the band is nearly finished with a new album songs of ascent but has no plans to release it (laughs) but i think they mean now he said we're not putting this out but i'm telling you it's awesome Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I hope okay. he doesn't mean they're not ever putting out. They're going to lock it in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bono played some of the songs, it says. And, it, and he said, there's pure joy, he said, of one called The Band's Last Breath. It's a ridiculous po- uh, sort of rubber soul. I mean, you know, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Another song, Smile, and then the the Times reporter replied, they they sound like U2 songs. Okay. It is U2. I was yeah, going to say, so. they should, right? <laughs> uh, Bono clarified that the band didn't scrap the album, just held it. Instead, they want to make the most unforgiving, obnoxious, defiant, fuck off to the pop charts rock and roll song that we've ever made. That's what he says. Rated explicit for a It's reason. our job. What's your favorite U2 song, just out of curiosity? Prep. I'd have to say Always Been One. I, that is definitely one of my Because three of the raw, rawness. So, similar reason, I love Sunday Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's more of the raw drums yeah. than anything else. But, yes, One is a great song. I like some of their new, newer songs, too. A lot of people don't like the last two albums. Raised by Wolves, I think, is a great song. Um, I loved How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb mm-hmm, from yeah. top to bottom. I love yeah. that album. I know that's not One of the these days, two, we'll, we'll talk about U2 albums in more detail. Yeah. But, uh, so this... Okay, so Songs of Surrender. It's... This is what's amazing, though. It's It's 40 songs that they re-recorded when i heard about this that they were going to be stripped down i thought they were going to just go into you know the recording studio pull up the masters take out oh let's take that out let's take that out. no they re-record the vocals they're pulling a taylor swift yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they but it's and they're reimagined they bono says he's changed some of the lyrics mm-hmm uh, they've changed out some of the sounds. Um, I'm trying to find my other article here. 
So there's, they released one song. And Jeremy, if you haven't heard it, it's, it's Pride in the Name of Love. Uh, another good song, by the way. And you can clearly, uh, you can clearly hear Bono's voice, like, for front, front center. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different take on that, that song. Okay. I'll, so, have to, I'll have to check that out because that would also be one of my favorite songs. Because of how much power he sings with throughout that song. Yeah. So listening to that one song, I'm excited about this album. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but just hearing that one song. And of course, they, they left off. <laughs> there's one song I always think of called Lemon, just because it's a weird song. Mm-hmm. But that's not on here. So we have, now you can, you can get, uh, there's a two CD set or a four CD or two album, which is basically the two album is only half the songs. Right. So I don't know why you would want to get that. I mean, you can also listen on, you know, the streaming services. Yep. And then they're divided into like on the album side. One is the edge because with the album set, it's, it's about $125. I'm debating getting it, even though I can listen to it on Apple music. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's funny is the cover for the album is a picture of all four of them but the picture and <laughs> the picture of uh, Adam, Edge and Larry are <laughs> more current and Bono looks like he's in his 20s <laughs> so um, you sent me this picture I looked at it but I figured it out because that is the cover of his book okay so he's like, okay, let's just go with that picture. Yeah. No one wants to see what I look like right now. Yeah. So, because Bono's not looking. <laughs> Bono can do whatever he wants. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to go see the book tour, but, you know, I, I forgot to get it. They, they added some new dates to the Beacon, and uh, I didn't get in there right away, and now the tickets are $500. Jeez. And I'm not paying that. Yeah, no. But Bono, um, before the shows, he... He signs autographs mm-hmm. before he, you know, when you're standing outside there. I've, I've seen it like almost every show. Wow, that's awesome. So this, um, yeah, so you can get this on vinyl. And I don't know if most people realize this comes out March 17th. And March 17th, what's March 17th? The Ides of March? I don't know. It's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, is it this year? Yeah. <laughs> and being Irish, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get into the albums from last year that came out. And there a lot of music comes out, you know, and I and I still see in the, you know, these 60s, 70s groups that I'm in, you know, there's no good music <laughs> out there. No pun intended. And the thing is, if you're going off Rolling Stone, uh, we use Paste Magazine for our list, which is, I say, a little bit more, um, you know, not pop and rap, but more into the alternative and, um, you know, maybe folk. And they, they get into a little bit broader. I think you have a wider music. range of music. But Rolling Stone seems to go off 
of the top 40 mm-hmm. as what's best. Uh, so I'm going to compare Rolling Stone's top 10 albums to Paste Magazine. And I know there's other lists out there too. I think NPR does one. Um, probably Billboard has one. But So number 10, Rolling Stone. Had, and see if, see if you, uh, anyone that's listening knows <laughs> who these bands are. Okay. I know some. Number 10 is Wet Leg. Don't know them. They're two girls uh, who... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're from England. They had a song called Chase Lounge. Um, and they're, this is their first album. And it's very simple musically. And it's, I like it because it's, it's simple. It's, it's quirky. It's weird. Like the lyrics are, are weird. You know, Chase Lounge about someone sitting on a Chase Lounge. And, you know, it's, it's kind of sexual song too. But, um, but okay, Rolling Stone says them in, as number 10. Okay. And then Paste as, I've never heard of this part, MJ Lenderman, Boat Songs. Okay. So songs about boats. Uh, Rolling Stone number nine, J Hope, Jack in the Box. But Paste has Spoon which is an older band, mm-hmm. Lucifer on the Sofa, not on the Chase Lounge. Uh, <laughs> Rolling Stone, FK Twigs, Capri Songs. I'm guessing Rolling Stones is more in the rap, you know. I'm guessing these are rap. Paste has Beyonce, Renaissance is number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling Stone number seven, King Princess. I've heard of her, Hold On Baby. Number seven, Angel Olsen, Big Time. Who big I've act- Time. Oh, wrong thing. <laughs> who I've actually heard of, and this is actually a good album, Angel Olsen. Because, uh, of course, I, I like the female singers, of course, more than the male singers sometimes. But I, I like just, I like a good, she's good lyrically and just acoustic, lyric, you know, they're just good songs. Mm-hmm. Number six, we got Pusha T. It's almost dry. <laughs> Wet leg and push no. tea. It's almost dry. <laughs> no, he might be waiting for his laundry oh. to dry. Okay. Um, Paste has soul glow. Uh, diaspora problems. Not Dua Lipa. Was that, a, was that a Mexican album? I don't know. Soul glow. Uh, Rolling Stones has Harry Styles at number five. Harry's House, uh, Paste as Black Country, New Road, Ants from Up There. Never heard of them. No idea who that is. Rolling Stone number four is Rosalia, Moto Mama, Moto Mommy. <laughs> okay. But Paste has Wet Leg at number four. Oh, there we go. Jeremy, you got to listen to Wet Leg. Just I, give it a I, listen. You know, two chicks... They're from London, you said? Britain? <laughs> Somewhere? I just don't have much information. I'll check them Sorry. out. Wet leg. Yeah. Got it. Two chicks. They do have a band when they play. Okay. But I'm telling you, they are so popular that Harry Styles did one of the one of their songs. Really? Mm-hmm. I think it's, um, they have a song called Wet Dream. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. No. 
But Harry Styles did the song, redid the song. <laughs> okay. And his is, version is better. So l listen to both of them. Okay. Or go on YouTube. All right. Um, now, Rolling Stones has Taylor Swift, Midnight's at number three. Uh, Paste has All Vays, Blue Rev at number three. Never heard of them. Rolling Stone, Bad Bunny, of course. We've heard of Bad Bunny. Unverandos, Sin T. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, and Paste has Alex G, God Save the Animals, at number two. Okay. And number one, drum roll. Rolling Stone has <laughs> Beyonce, Renaissance. And we're going to, well, I won't give it away, but you'll find out soon enough. Actually, about these two top, these two number ones, Paste has Big Thief. Okay. Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Okay. Yeah. Great. It's number one. So, these are for 2023. No, this is last year. <laughs> <laughs> Just test the wait. There. Wait to see what comes out this year. Okay, so we're gonna go into album roulette, and I don't know if you want me to start. Actually, before we start, let's try the second beer here. Second beer. Do you need to text Sue? Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to text my wife uh, to order pizza. I didn't so, know what time you wanted to do that. That's the only reason I'm asking. So I'm texting my wife. Okay. You want me to go first? Oh, we're going to... Okay. beer? We're, yeah. Okay, so we have another beer here. Uh, go out in a haze of glory. Okay. On the 19th day of Christmas. 6.3. Rob brought to us a beer. <laughs> in a tree. It's not Christmas yet. We're still celebrating we the past Christmas. So this is a hazy. I think it's an IPA. I'm going to drink this down in a haze of glory. <laughs> and again, this is Duclaw. Duclaw Brewing from Maryland. I kind of like that. It's not bad. It's smooth. Smooth slight, like butter. Slight hop, but not, not anything crazy. Yeah. So oh, it says go out in a haze of glory. Look at that. I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> I just had, you know, your favorite in my head <laughs> as I read it. Let me explain. Album Roulette, if you don't know, is um, we took this list of top 50 albums from Paste Magazine from 2022, and we randomly picked a number that corresponded, you know, the way that were voted. I think your computer randomly picked a number for us, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we do it on the computer. Yeah. And then we have to actually listen to the album and now talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the fun part, the talking about it part. So my number thirty-two, uh, my number was thirty-two, which Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Now, I normally or if ever listen to rap music, but after listening to this album, I have to say, not knowing much about rap, only old rap. 
you know, like Run DMC and Beastie Boys and stuff. Mm-hmm. I have to say that Kendrick is one, of, probably one of the best rappers out there today. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't he voted the best rapper recently? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, may, I, think I he, may have just made that up. <laughs> I think he was on Saturday Night Live. He's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And, um, but his rhymes are, are, his rhymes are pretty tight. He's very quick too. And, you know, I, like I said, not knowing rap, I'd say that's pretty good. Um, I just feel all the songs, the rap songs today sound like an old man. They all sound the same to me, you know, similar beats. Sim, you know, there's not much difference in someone rapping the lyric. Like, it's not like singing, mm-hmm. you know, different notes and different, uh, you know, octaves and I don't know, different melodies and harmonies and all that. But, uh, and, but I'm also fascinated that they can remember all these words when they perform live. Cause I, I don't think I've ever seen a rapper lip sync. I think that would be hard to do. Millie Vanilli. Oh yeah. Millie Vanilli. They weren't rapping. Um, but you know your average rap song has got to have hundreds of words to remember. Yeah. And they have to rhyme. You forget a word or you, you can't just put one in there. Right. It's not going to be right, you know. It's not like singing every rose has a thorn, you know. I mean, if uh, if Brett Michaels forgot the chorus to that song, we would all hope he gets some medical attention. Yeah. You know. Like how's that go? What's it, you know. You would worry that he might have poison or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Kendrick's Kendrick Lamar Duckworth, that's his full name. Okay. I think he's the real deal. He's from Compton, California. Okay. So we've all heard of Compton. Straight out Compton. But you know what? I look going, this goes off the album a little bit, straying away from the album, but Compton's not one of the most dangerous cities in the U.S. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, I couldn't find Compton on a list, but one I was shocked with was, believe it or not, Rockford, Illinois Mm. is on a list of 15 from last year. It ranked number eight where Cheap Trick is from. Okay. One in 71 chance of a violent crime in Rockford. So anyway, back to the album here. Uh, <laughs> so this is Kendrick's fifth studio album since 2001 and following the release of his fourth studio album Damn Kendrick took a five year musical hiatus so in December 2020 um, at the Roskill Festival he announced that uh, they announced that Lamar would be headlining the festival's 50th anniversary event in 2021 and noting that new material was on the way. Uh, however, the festival was canceled due to COVID-19. But in August, uh, Lamar announced on his blog that he was in process of producing his final album under Top Dog Entertainment. So he's leaving that company. Okay. Kids, 
Uh, Lamar described Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers songwriting as material he's written in the past that's just now seeing daylight due to his own personal insecurities. And him and his uh, producer, they began recording the album in 2019 during a week-long brainstorming session in London. Um, and both Lamar and his producer, Sonwave, described making the album as one of the toughest creative processes imaginable due to Lamar's privacy and the COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic and the deaths of Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant. So th this is a really personal album, and I have to say it's it's a little too personal, and that's where this uh, explicit material is going to come in 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 a couple minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when he was recording the album, uh, the album was shielded away from most of his family members because he didn't want their influence or feelings to override his own. So he, I guess he normally plays, you know, you go in, record a song, maybe you'll bring it home, play it, you know, for your wife, you know, your kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and Sonwave admitted that there was times during the album's creation where I was almost ready to give up music. And not going to lie to you, I was that lost and that down because there was nobody dropping music and nothing coming out to inspire you. Um, so Lamar, uh, credits becoming a father as what made him question everything the most. Um, and when it was near completion in May, 2021, he contemplated scrapping the project because of how personal it was. And then he ultimately released the album because of how beneficial it would be for his children in the future. Uh, so this is a double album. Uh, when you go to Apple Music, you'll see it split up between tracks one and nine, and then track another track one and nine. Uh, it's an hour and 19 minutes. Um, I can't say there was any... This is what I base a lot of my albums on, which I'm sure Jeremy does, too, is, is uh, am I going to listen to this again? Yep, I do. You know? And that's definitely going to be a theme. And this, this, this I would not go back to. I mean, mainly because it's rap, I would say. Like I said, I don't really listen to rap a lot or at all. Uh, now, the first song is United in Grief. Uh, it's a, These songs are, though... They're not your average, this is what I'm trying to say, it's not your average rap album. Like the first song starts out with some piano segments. Uh, there's sporadic like drum beats between the lyrics. Um, and the lyrics are kind of odd because he talks about people he lost. Um, but he also talks like every great rap song, he talks about all the things he bought with his money. So... <laughs> I actually like this. Actually, this song, I would say I like um, the first song. Um, now, I'm not going to go through every song, of course, unless you want me to, but I won't. No. <laughs> so, I'm impressed, though. I didn't hear the N-word until the fifth song. Nice. Yeah. And it's a song called Father Time, not to be confused with Sammy Hagar's song. 
So don't look up Father Time and think that's Sammy Hagar. (laughs) And you hear this song, but now the sixth by the sixth track, uh, he drops the N word six times appropriately. So I I said I you know I have my notes here you know I I felt at this point I really didn't list, need to listen to the album anymore, <laughs> um, you know, because I was afraid to find out how honest he was going to get, because on this song I don't know what track it is it's called Rich, we find out that Lamar had his dick sucked. Because he was poor. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think some things need to be kept to yourself. Yeah. I mean, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, right? Well, this is the thing. I, it, this, I don't think usually you pay someone. Someone paid him. It says because he was poor. <laughs> That's the lyric in the song. Mm, okay. That's kind of messed up. Um now, there are a couple of songs that stood out. Die Hard, fourth track, Count Me Out, Mr. Morale, which the music's something like out of a horror movie. And, and Mirrors, which is the last track. Um, I think, I do think as far as rap, this album is somewhat of a masterpiece. Um, you know, just because of everything that's, I mean, if you don't like rap at all, I, you know, I'm not going to force you to listen to this, Jeremy. Good. But creatively, there's a lot of creative, like musically, like even lyrically besides the, you know, raunchy lyrics. Uh, I think a lot went in. The, you can tell a lot went into this album. He didn't just go in there and like, okay, go. And then you got... Um, you know, you click the the drum machine and start rapping. It's not it's not that. Um, Sorry. There is a song that stood out called "Anti Diaries," and it's about family members who are different, even as kids, where kids don't understand that some other kids are different. You know, and I'm it's it's. Mostly talking about maybe a kid who's gay or, you know, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good song and a good message, um, you know, anti-diary. So, so that's my take on that. And I'd probably, I'd probably give this, like I said, I won't listen to it again, but I'd, I'd give it a six out of 10 as far as, you know, effort Yeah, <laughs> on that one. All right. So is that, uh, is that it? We yeah, on we yeah. on to me yeah. So my album was well. My first album was number eight on pace. What, pace. There we go. Which was Beyonce's Renaissance. Mm-hmm. This made the top ten on both <laughs> lists. And as I listen to it, I can understand why. It's a very typical upbeat musically gifted album I guess you could say you know Beyonce is someone that I'm not going to go out and say I'm a huge fan of I wasn't Mm -hmm. on one hand I was not looking forward to listening to this album but on the other hand I was because I thought 
between the fact that it was top 10 on both lists and knowing what Beyonce has put out in the music industry throughout her career, Mm -hmm. there was potential to enjoy the album. Like put a ring on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for me, some of her best stuff, I think, came with Destiny's Child. So it's funny you should mention that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, other people may disagree. They may agree, whatever the case may be. So I, I tried to go into this album with an open mind and a clear thought process and just kind of take it in. And what I found interesting was a lot of the reviews I saw after listening to the album kind of matched up to what I heard as far as the music goes. There was a lot of comparisons to like set women of the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, dance music, kind of that early '90s like hip hop of women, yeah, like Salt and Peppa type of, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you also had like the Pointer Sisters type of feel, Mary J. Blige, like mm-hmm. it was kind of all. I don't want to say all over the place, but there was an assortment of music on the album. I think you mm-hmm. listened to this one too, didn't you? <laughs> I got to like the third or fourth song. Okay. Because the second song reminded me of a perfume commercial. <laughs> I, told, I think I told you. Yes. And one of the songs, not, I'm going to interrupt you, but I, I don't know which song it was. Could have been a couple of them, but there were literally like 12 writers on this song. Yeah. And I'm thinking how, they just put names on songs because how do 12 people sit there they come up with two words and then the next person comes <laughs> up. They wrote with a two sentence words. each. <laughs> I'm serious. I've never seen that many writers on one song. Yep. You know, but. So she put this together during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to put out an album for joy and happiness of people dealing with isolation. If you were around during COVID, mm-hmm. if, if you weren't, I don't know where you were, but if you were around, a lot of people were stuck in their house, couldn't do anything, didn't yeah. go anywhere, everything was shut down. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, artists did. You you saw a lot of albums come out last year, probably even the year before, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got very creative with their downtime. You know, they couldn't tour. So they just had, you know, you got time on your hand. Yeah. You could still go in the recording studio, I guess. Or if you, I imagine Beyonce has a recording studio in her house, you know, Probably. especially married to Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to listen to albums and not look up that like big single that got released because you know, that's going to be played everywhere. Yeah. So it's going to be easier to either like or hate that song. And it's not necessarily the best. Exactly. Yeah. So the first single that was released was Break My Soul, which I didn't like at all. Mm-hmm. The second single was Cuff It, which I also didn't like at all. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, I could see why it made both top 10 lists. It's, it's a pretty typical... It's geared towards a younger generation, in my yeah. opinion. Um, more so women than men. I did really like this song called Alien Superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more just because the title is so wacky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that one definitely it 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 took over. Is for that me. song about Madonna? 
<laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, but this was, I don't remember the time of this album, but you mentioned it earlier. It felt very long. It was a struggle to get through because the songs all almost felt like they were, they didn't blend together because there was an assortment of music, but Mm -hmm. they all felt so long that it just felt like you were listening to almost like an A track and you were, you had to switch the side to get to the next song. You know, that's what I've noticed with, maybe it's these COVID, we should call them COVID albums, but where, you know, I... I like around 10 songs, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm noticing a lot of longer and I'll talk, I'm going to talk about one on the next podcast, which is the Chili Peppers, but where this album has 16 songs on it. And I think, you know, you used to keep an album to 10 or 12 songs and then you had some songs that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I think we're just putting everything on these albums. Yes. I don't know. You know, there shouldn't be 17 songs on an album. And But actually, I say that, but if you love an art, a certain artist, maybe you want to hear 17 songs. I don't know. But, right. But you just touched yeah. on something, and it was a perfect transition to what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. I almost felt like the last four songs, they weren't needed because I was so yeah. over the album yeah. before mm-hmm. that. So it was, it was like going through quicksand, trying to get to the end of this album. And it wasn't because it sounded bad. It was just because the tracks felt so endless. Yeah. And. Or if it's all over the place too. Yes. From one song to another, it doesn't kind of mesh. Yes. So I think this is my personal opinion, an album that would be more successful if you hear a song here. A song there like if you're mm-hmm. shuffling yeah a playlist on spotify and mm-hmm. one beyonce album or one beyonce song from this album comes on you'll be okay mm-hmm. go to something else now if it come another song comes on 20 minutes later half hour later again you'll probably be okay because mm-hmm. you can transition yeah to something different the album as a whole start to finish it didn't it didn't mesh for me yeah at all it was too all over the place. It was too difficult to transition. I couldn't get into when I'm driving, listening to music, relaxing. Mm-hmm. I want to get into it a little bit, dance, sing along, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. It's very hard to go from dance to like 70s slow love song mm-hmm. to hip hop. Yeah. reggae almost feel yeah. like or she should have done two albums you know yes like split it so yeah i like the songs to gel correct to, together which my next yeah. album i'll get into that yeah but, i don't like the slow and then all of a sudden you, you almost you're driving and you, you almost like swerve the car because you know a blaring guitar or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know so the i don't want to say the album was bad Mm-hmm. It was just very difficult to listen to and get through. I'd probably give it a five out of ten for a personal opinion. Yeah, I'm sure Beyonce has some of the best producers and yeah, you know, writers. Yeah. So, but I don't. I guess I'm just not into that kind. Of, I mean, it's it's labeled as I have a problem with Apple Music because they just throw it into. I don't know who comes up with the genre, the genre, but it's pop. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it should be R and B. Right. Uh, dance 
but but I just struggle to see how this made two top ten lists other mm-hmm. than her name. Yeah, because nothing about it stood out to me. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful or biased in any way, shape, or form, but I could listen to a band I've never heard of before mm-hmm. and probably find a better song than yeah. any of the songs I listened yeah. to off of this album. Now I do listen to I, I'll listen to some dance music. Mm-hmm. That's why I I, I have the you know, like I said, I didn't listen to a lot of it, but I, didn't, I really didn't like even getting to the fourth or fifth song. But Jeremy, I don't know if you, if you listen to <laughs> Dua Lipa. No. Listen to Dua Lipa and that those, you'll, that's what dance music should sound like. Fun. The lyrics are fun. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. That's like my guilty pleasure. Okay. Dua Lipa. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and speaking of Dua Lipa, before I go into my next, <laughs> there was a video, this guy's 80 years old, and his family gave him, for his birthday, tickets to see Dua Lipa. He loves Dua Lipa. 80-year-old guy, right? Yep. And so it turns out that, I guess, Jimmy Fallon found out saw this video, right? So the the thing was, he was supposed to go to NBC, I think it's NBC, you know, where Jimmy Fallon films. Mm -hmm. And supposedly he was supposed to be on a radio show talking about the video because it got millions of views, this video, right? So they bring him there and they're backstage and the surprise was they open the curtains and they're filming the Tonight Show. Mm. And Dua Lipa's there. Okay. So imagine the curtains open and you walk out and you're on stage and there's an audience. I, the guy, I, I was glad the guy didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and his thing was he, always, he wanted to dance with Dua Lipa and they did a little dance together. So that's cool. Anyway, that's cool. Okay. That's enough about Dua Lipa, but we'll talk about her later, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay, my next album is was number 27 on Pace uh, Best Albums of 2022. Horse Girl, versions of modern performance. And um, so this band is from Chicago. Uh, band members are Nora Chang, Penelope Lowenstein, and Gigi Reese. Uh, they're on Matador Records. Do you know Matador Records? I've heard of it. Madonna owns Matador. Okay. Okay. Uh, they originated in 2019. Uh, they released their first EP, Horse Girl, Ballroom, Dance Scene, etc. Uh, in 2020. Uh, and Pace then, at that time, named it the best... The EP, one of the 25 best EPs of 2020. Hey, we should do that next year. EP. I didn't know there was a list of EPs. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we could pick five EPs. So in 2021, they released another song, Billy. Uh, their first on Matador Records. And the song was named one of Rolling Stone's Songs You Need to Know. I listened to this song and it's... 
nothing special. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't very impressed with this album. Um, you know, I... There's three... Let's see. <laughs> um, the Paste Magazine, this is what they say about the album. I have one here before I trash this album. Horse Girl are three friends who make music in a basement. It's true and they want you to know that not because they're shy about the attention they've received as indie rock's latest breakthrough, but because the Chicago trio want you to know that they're having fun. Which is fine, you know, making music, having fun. But this album, I didn't like it because of the sound. Now, this is what I've talked about before. It's this shoegaze music, which shoegaze got its name from when someone looks down while they're playing guitar at their shoes and they change pedals. <laughs> so, you know, distorted guitar. This, the vocals are very low on this album. Um, they're compared to Sonic Youth and the Breeders. But whoever mixed this album should not be mixing albums. You know, maybe it was one of the band members. Maybe they, maybe it's a self-produced album. I don't know. And it wasn't, the songs weren't that bad, but it was the sound that got me. And this was another one with, once you get halfway through the album, it's like, you know, you're not looking forward to the next song, you know, mm -hmm. you want it to end. A lot of times the, she's mumbling the lyrics. Like I, that's how bad it was. I couldn't even understand. You should be able to understand what the person's saying. Unless you're listening yeah. to rap or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's too many bands now doing the same type of music. So I don't know why they stand out, you know, um, maybe they have good manager, right? Good promotion. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I listened to throwing muses, muses and, um, this mortal coil. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No, it's like moody, depressing and Susie and the Banshees. They were a little more upbeat. Um, I don't know. Some of these songs I thought were just a mess of sound. Um, and like the song, there's one song in partic particular, the fall of horse girl. <laughs> and it's like someone left their electric guitar on the floor and they were just dropping things onto it. Mm. That's what it sounded to me like. Wow. Like no one was really playing it. Okay. You know, it was like feedback and yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, now I did like, Believe it or not, I did like a couple songs. Um, song The first track I liked, Anti-Glory, it's called. Uh, drums sound remind me of the Go-Go's. We got the beat. Nice guitar riff in there. And there's actually um, nice harmonies in that song. And uh, the second track, Beautiful Song. Actually, the... Uh, on this song, her voice actually sounds a, a little clearer, you know, um, and you hear variations in her voice. That might be a more uh, slower song than the other ones. You know, and this, again, this is an album I probably would never listen to again. Uh, I don't think there's nothing exciting on this album. 
monumental at all. <laughs> so again, horse girl, horse girl, if you're listening, sorry, but you know, try, try better next time <laughs> for me. Okay. All right. For me, uh, my second album was my favorite of the three, which I don't know if I got these guys, girls, this group mm-hmm. in a previous roulette or something that we may have done, okay. but I've listened to them before. Okay. It was number 14 expert in a dying field by the Beths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've listened to them. They, uh, this was their third studio album. They're out of New Zealand, an indie rock band, and they sound really good. Their music to me, um, sounds a lot like a hypnotic kind of Jefferson airplane mm-hmm. type of feel. But more along the lines of, like, Fountains of Wayne, mm-hmm. as far as more upbeat than Jefferson Airplane was. Yeah. But it, it just, it had that kind of, like, hypno-trans type of mm-hmm. background beat. One thing I loved, the album was only 45 minutes long, so it didn't there feel like it took forever to get through. Yeah. It felt like each of the tracks, they ended... They started, they made sense. There was no, it it didn't feel like you were pausing. It didn't feel like you were going from some upbeat dance song to some, you know, low beat, mellow Mm -hmm. love song or something. Yeah. Um, this is a band that like, I've listened to them before and I don't know why or how, but their singer has a very unique voice Mm -hmm. and it's, not like super strong, but it's, I don't know. It, it's pleasant. Yeah. In a sense. So, I mean, there's not Is it a, in line with like pop. I know I've listened to that. I probably listened to part of that album when it came out. Yeah. Well, what fascinated me about this album, it was only recorded in 2021. Mm-hmm. So they only spent a year, mm-hmm. you know, working on it and releasing it. So, it, it's not like they spent a lot of time in the studio trying to get it out in production, but um, there there wasn't a lot of information about the album, but there were a couple of tracks that really, really stood out to me. Um, Your Side was one of them. Head in the Clouds mm-hmm. was one. When You Know You Know was one. And then... The other one that I really enjoyed was called I Want to Listen, but that was only two minutes long, so that was almost too short, in a sense. And you wanted to listen to more. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, the the Beatles. Okay. Like, there's a few songs that they have that are only, like, two minutes oh, long, yeah. and it feels like you just start to get into it, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band, like, comes to mind for, mm-hmm. you know, a song that I love. It just feels like it's starting to... Yeah. You know, get into it and then it do, you know, mm-hmm. goes into track number two. But mm-hmm. I'd give this album probably an eight out of ten. I would listen to it again mm-hmm. without any issues. Um, my only challenge would be that I wouldn't be able to listen to it over and over again because of that, like, hypnotic, yeah, <laughs> trans type sound mm-hmm. to it. Because it's, I don't know, I don't mind that, but it's not my favorite either it's kind of like a psychedelic rock 
I guess mm-hmm. is a way of putting it. Yeah. And that's, you got to be in the mood for, at least for me, I got to be in the mood. I, I don't smoke pot, so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not going to, not going to satisfy my musical needs at all times, but well, definitely like the, one I wouldn't feel tortured if I had to listen to. I it like then. to make playlists now of like per year, you know, of, like if you don't like an entire album, but there's a couple songs that really stand out, then just plop them in there. And then when you get enough, wait a while, hit mm-hmm. shuffle, and mm-hmm. then be like, see if you still like, right? You know, like them, right? So now my next album was actually voted number one, Paste Magazine, and it's Big Thief, Dragon New Warm Mountain. I believe in you. Which is a very odd title, and I think it's one of the longest titles in the history of album titles. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the title track, there is a title track, um, and I was I'm tr- I could not figure out what this meant. Now I talked when I I mentioned this to Mike, and he thought, well, maybe it, maybe it's an inside joke. Because me and my friends, you know, you have your certain things you say to each other that nobody else knows what the hell you're talking about. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's they were drinking one night and, you know, hey, that looks like a dragon new warm mountain over there. (laughs) I believe in you, you know, and then it, okay, that's the name of the album. I don't know. Right. So the lyrics that, this title track mentions a dragon in the phone line and a new warm mountain where the stone face forms and speaks. So I I still couldn't figure out what that meant. Um, And then in the chorus, the lead singer um, says, I believe in you even when you need to recoil. So that explains it. No, it really doesn't. Um, now, this is categorized as alternative, but I feel it's more, I actually feel it's more like country folk. And I say insomnia music. <laughs> you know, music that puts you to sleep. Yep. Um, there are 20 songs on the album. Clocks in at an hour and 20 minutes. Now, this band is made up of Adrian Lanker. She's the singer-guitarist from Indiana. Uh, Buck Meek backing singer guitarist he's from texas max olerchik he's on bass and james krivchenia drums um they say they're based in brooklyn so they're from all over um the music's interesting to say the least but it's not your traditional folk songs um now, Adrian's voice actually reminded me of Stevie Nicks. Okay. And the fifth track, Certainty, Certainty, could have been a Buckingham Nicks song, I thought, which was Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, right. their first album. Uh, but then sometimes she sounded like Dolly Parton, and actually sometimes Sia oh, okay. <laughs> on the song Heavy Bend. Uh, but she kind of has this one tone one octave in her voice. Uh, now, I listened to ha- about half the album on the way home from North Carolina with my son in the car and my wife. And at one point, my wife says, goes, 
do they sing about anything other than food? <laughs> and there's a song called Spud Infinity, which she does mention, which is basic is actually the worst song on the album. Um, it's her her voice is like I think she tries a little too hard on this song, and she is way out of tune. I'll play it for you later, Jeremy, okay. and you'll agree with me. Okay. And it's kind of a hillbilly, all I can describe is hillbilly lift in her voice. And she says, what's it going to take? And I could do a little bit of, she's like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. And she sings it about 13 times on a song. Wow. Um, and I, I wanted to jump out of the car. I could have turned the song off, I guess. Um, but she talks about eating plants, garlic bread, potato, caniche. I don't know. It's, it's a very weird song. Um, now, there are some songs uh, I did like, of course. Uh, the first song, Change. Uh, this is, uh, I say, a cross between... I don't know how you can cross the two, but Dolly Parton and Stevie Nicks on that one. It's just, that's a very nice song, first song. And of course, Certainty, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Flower of Blood. That's a nice, like, trippy kind of song. Uh, track 14, Wake Me Up to Drive. Uh, little repetitious, um, but I like that song. And then... Um, there's Simulation Swarm and Love, Love, Love. I like that. I think the album is, again, too long. Uh, we have, tw like I said, 20 tracks. Why, you know, why not put out an album of like 10 and then wait another year and put, or, or pick the best songs and make one good album yep. even though paste magazine felt that this was a great album i'm not saying it's a bad album uh, but again well will i and you know what this album is so odd and i did like her voice that i may go back there you go and listen to it okay. um you know and i maybe i'll put a couple songs on a playlist or something uh so, yeah, what else have here? Now, Rolling Stone had this as number 35, you know, but they had Beyonce as number one. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. But I'll give this a six out of 10. Um, I didn't rate the last one, Horse Girl, but that one I'm giving like a two. Okay. Sorry, Horse Girl again. <laughs> All right. My last album. This is interesting because, um, this was number 46. Title is We've Been Going About This All Wrong by Sharon Van Etten. Okay. And you summed it up so well when you said insomnia music. Mm -hmm. This album was <laughs> brutal. <laughs> and I mean that with no disrespect because the singer is very talented, very good singer. Mm -hmm. It's so mellow. It's so dr like boring. Mm -hmm. Just... <laughs> And it's so repetitive. It, it's the same beat over and over and over again throughout the entire album. Luckily, the album wasn't long. It was 40 minutes, 39 minutes and change. But 
This is the sixth studio album by the American singer and songwriter Sharon Van Etten. It was released the day before my birthday, which that was interesting, May 6th. The album itself, uh, this to me was the most interesting thing about this CD. It's named after a line of dialogue in the 1993 movie The Sandlot. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's a movie Van Etten says she has watched with her son probably a hundred times. So that was interesting to mm-hmm. me. Um, before the album released, four singles were actually released. Mistakes, Headspace, Portal, sorry, Porta, and Used to It. They were originally going to be standalone singles uh, until they decided to release a deluxe edition where they added some more stuff. So <laughs> I did listen to both. Okay. There is a 39 minute, just the regular release. Mm-hmm. And then the deluxe edition has four extra tracks. Okay. Bringing it to a total of 55 minutes and 40 seconds. That Are they was... any more upbeat? No. No. The whole album was slow. So is it just... just guitar and uh, yeah. some drums? The, it, yeah. that, it was just... a very basic mm-hmm. beat and a very just soft singing the entire album that's like phoebe bridgers there was (laughs) one album or one song that kind of stood out which was come back i did enjoy that one but i think what i aside from the sandlot thing for the the title one of the things i found most interesting is there were music videos released for the first four singles Mm -hmm. so this album it was ranked 46th on Pace Magazine, yeah. but obviously it was received very well because typically mm-hmm. you're not going to have music videos for every song or for m- multiple songs. I, it depends on... Uh, big bands might, right? I mean, it depends on if they did the video themselves or on the computer. Or I see a lot of that now. That's but, true. I guess I didn't think of that. Yeah. Uh, Hear the dog barking. Yeah. Our pizza's here. Yeah. Which you mentioned earlier. Good timing. Yeah. And we're almost done. Um, But one of the music videos, she's wandering around Brooklyn, which you had mentioned that earlier for your Mm -hmm. third album. Uh, Just meeting friends and dancing in the street while Mm -hmm. singing love songs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This, uh, I feel so bad because the album isn't bad. The Mm -hmm. singer isn't bad. But for me, it was just so boring and yeah, painful to <laughs> trudge through. Mm-hmm. So I'd give it a three out of ten. Mm-hmm. But if you're into slow, mellow love music, mm-hmm. I would definitely give it a listen because you might find this enjoyable. Okay, that was that was my challenge, <laughs> just trying <laughs> to get through it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's one thing if. You can get through like a couple of songs that maybe are slow or, you know, not super upbeat. But when it's just an entire album of steady, mellow. Oh, yeah. It doesn't change. <laughs> no. And it, it doesn't do anything for me, at least. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a rock and roll guy. I, yeah. I need something upbeat, yeah. something get mm-hmm. my blood flowing a little bit, you know? Yeah. Unless you're painting or something, maybe you want some background music or if you're trying to go to sleep yeah yeah well i guess that does it for this show and uh we're going to be recording another one soon after 
And uh, we're going to probably put both out this weekend. And I'm not going to tell you what the next one is. It's a mystery. Yeah. So if anyone wants to um, email us, it's nogoodmusicpodcast at gmail.com. That's K-N-O-W, good music podcast. We did get an email from a musician, singer, which we're going to talk about on the next podcast, and we're actually going to play part of her song. So uh, if you're in a band, you're a singer, you got something relatively new, doesn't have to be an entire album, a song, you want us to hear it, we'll listen to it. If we like it, then we will talk about you. And I did like... um, this girl's song and i'll tell you all about her on the next podcast so thank you everyone for listening and we are going to eat some pizza so and drink some more beer in the next podcast calabunga dude (laughs) you've been listening to no good music Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher and recorded at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts.